We believe that Jesus died for us, that he redeemed us, that he saved us, that he loves us, and that he's going to return. And as believers, even though there's all this negative stuff, there's the lie, there's all that is going on as we get closer to the Lord's return, our focus is on the Lord. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Good Earth Podcast. My name is Zach Carpenter, and I have three guests with me today, Danny Kane. Hello. And Jake Martin. Hey guys. And also Michael Boschlinger. Hi everyone. And so in this episode, we'll be getting into 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and the Lord's coming again. I think it'd be good as a beginning if we just kind of, maybe not at length, but just introduce some of these verses at the beginning to give a little bit of background. Um, There's a lot here in this chapter, but why do we say we're mainly talking about the Lord's coming is... Well, that's what Paul talks about first. Right. You look at this first verse. Now we ask you, brothers, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. That introduction means everything else is pertaining to the Lord's coming. So, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we'll talk about a couple different things here, but mainly what do we want to focus on? We want to focus the Lord Jesus is coming back soon. You know, when we start this topic, uh, there could be a... A fear that's in some because of the unknown that's related to the Lord's coming. Or there could be some um, wrong <laughs> understanding as, as it relates. And that particularly is addressed in this chapter that the ones that the Apostle Paul was writing to, they were being influenced to think the Lord had already come. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have these two spectrums. And so we, uh, yeah, we, we, we want to try to open up this matter of the Lord's coming so that we would all be encouraged because that was the Apostle Paul's heart. And that's our heart <laughs> that we would be refreshed. We would be encouraged. Our hearts would be happy as we approach this matter and as we have fellowship regarding our Lord's coming. He is our Lord. He is the one that we have believed into. He's the one who has saved us and he is coming. And that that should be a wonderful, wonderful uh, event, but also it should produce a, a really sweet feeling in our heart when we when we consider it. Yeah, as as believers, we should be those who are longing and loving his return, his appearing. Mm. And so in on the negative side to you need to be guarded against being alarmed or frightened by even the things that might transpire mm. before the Lord returns. And so Paul in this epistle in chapter 2, he's kind of addressing some of these concerns of even that the Lord had already come and he's kind of laying out some things that need to transpire before the Lord will actually return. Yeah. And one of those that he addresses is the antichrist things concerning the antichrist Mm -hmm. in verse three, he says, let no one deceive you in any way because it will not come. So this is, the day of the Lord or his return, unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of perdition. So all these descriptors, all these words are to describe the antichrist. He's 
the apostasy. And that, that word is probably new for many of you. And that, that word just means a falling away or turning away. And this man, the Antichrist, wants to turn people away from God, turn people away from the truth, to turn them away. He's also the, one, the man of lawlessness. Everything he does is not according to God's righteous demand or his righteous um, commandments. He's completely lawless in all he does and all he says and all his actions. Yeah. He also exalts himself. Yeah. <laughs> above God. The arrogance that he would even call himself God. <laughs> this, this, and so I'm just kind of continuing where Daniel left off. Verse 4 uh, just continues to describe uh, as this one gets manifested, as he gets brought onto the scene. Yeah, he wants to totally remove God from the equation. Mm-hmm. Not because he doesn't believe God. It's because he wants to be God. It's not because mm-hmm. he doesn't recognize God deserves worship. It's because he wants all the worship. <laughs> yeah. And this is lawless. This is absolutely not right. But there will be such a one that will rise up. And actually... There are already such ones, you know. First John tells us that there are many antichrists, you know. On the one hand, there's one that will, you know, kind of be the fulfillment of these verses. But actually, the world is full of such people that just disregard God, put him in the corner, all really just to exalt themselves, mm-hmm. all really just to gain a name and notoriety and worship quote unquote um so we need to be on guard you know on guard that there is such a one that the bible prophesies will 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 arise but that it's around us today in the universities it's around around us today in the news media it's around us today just in so many um yeah so many places there's just a lot of anti-christ you know yeah, I think this is really clearly pointed out even in verse 7, where it says, For it is the mystery of lawlessness that is now operating, but only until the one now restraining goes out of the way. And so the lawlessness that we see all around in the world today that will eventually characterize Antichrist himself when he comes is already operating. Mm. And it's in this age mysteriously. You know, the apostasy that is going on, this is one of Satan's tactics, his lying to us to get us to turn away from God and to see him. You know, there's these veilings and this mysterious mysterious thing operating in the world today that tries to turn us away from the Lord. And I mean, that really characterizes the world today, you know, in the university environment, like uh, Michael was talking about, you think about the classes you might be having even now. Like your professor's telling you that God isn't real, you know, nothing in the Bible is real. It's this Christian myth, right? And and that's that's this lawlessness even operating in society, you know, all the social tension, even the fear, the fear that's being brought out by the pandemic, you know, all these different things are operating in the world today. Yeah, I actually experienced that. It blew my mind just being in uh, you know, my major was English, so I was in a liberal arts college. 
And I knew I was, I was going to have to face this a little bit. I didn't realize the extent, even how bold professors are willing to be today. Yeah, I, that's how I learned that phrase. My, one of my English professors said, the Judeo-Christian mythology. I was like, wow, like you're putting the living God in the same category as, you know, Zeus and Hermes and all these we, we knew or mythology. It's just amazing to classify God in that same category. But that it's just like Zach was saying, that's really the, uh, the mystery of lawlessness that's operating today. And uh, there's even, there's some other verses. One says, there's an operation of error. In verse mm-hmm. 11, that causes you to believe the lie. Mm-hmm. It's a lie that God is not real. It's a lie that Jesus Christ is a myth or that, you know, people say it's a myth that he's God or whatever. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. And there's there's something operating today in the world and in mm-hmm. all the the popular thought in social media and politics to, to try and, and, and take you in that direction. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's a, there's a positive verse here. We can receive the love of the truth in verse 10. When you consider this matter of the lie and the truth, actually this lie will be fully personified in, in the antichrist. Right. So another verse even talks about that in verse nine, it says the coming of whom is according to Satan's operation and all power in signs and wonders of a lie. Mm-hmm. Everything he does is going to be one with Satan. In Satan, the Bible says he's the father of lies. He's the source of life. Our God, our God is a God of truth. Yeah. Everything he does, everything is true. He's not a God who lies. But Satan, on the other hand, this is just who he is in his very being. He's a liar. He was a liar from the beginning. And he continues to lie and lie to us. And when Antichrist comes, oh, he's just going to be the full personification of this lie. Leading people away. Leading people away from God. Away from the truth. And as has been shared, it's like we're seeing this today. But as we get closer to the Lord's return, actually, this is just going to get worse. Right. The lie will will increase. More people will be talking about the lie or everything that is not God, that turns away from God, can all be wrapped up in the lie. As, As long as it's not anything to do with God, with the truth, with his return, the one we love, with the Lord Jesus... Satan is operating to turn us all away. That's right. To keep us away from the truth. And but as believers, as believers, even our that name believers, we believe the truth. Hallelujah. We believe that there is a God. We believe that his word is absolute, that his word is true, that We believe that Jesus died for us, that he redeemed us, that he saved us, that he loves us, and that he's going to return. And as believers, even though there's all this negative stuff, there's the lie, there's all that is going on as we get closer to the Lord's return, our focus is on the Lord. He is the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
We focus on him. That's our focus. That's what we care for. We care for the truth. We're those that receive the love of the truth. That's right. It's really good when you consider truth is a person. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the Bible is a book of words. It's got all kinds of words. But the words of the Bible reveal a person. So when we love Mm -hmm. the truth, we're loving the person that the word of God reveals. And we're holding to him. We're not holding merely to some outward standard or teaching, but we're, we're holding to the true God. The yeah. true and living God is the truth that we love. Mm-hmm. Now we know that true and living God is conveyed to us, is brought to us through his word. So we love the word. We love the mm-hmm. Bible. The Bible is the, it's the book of books. It's the, it's, it's the book that has changed more lives than any other book. No, no, no other book has been read more in human history. That's right. No other book has, has, has st- stood the test of trial and, 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 and all, how many have tried to stamp out this, this book, destroy mm-hmm. this book, eradicate this yeah. book from the earth. But this book, it has, it has remained not just because you know, it's it's a book of words, but it's the living God's word to man to reveal to man God himself so that we would we would know we would know what his purpose is. He's chosen us. So, you know, Paul encourages the Thessalonians um, in verse 13. He says, God chose you. From the beginning, we need to hold to this. We need to love the truth. We need to appreciate all the world is in chaos. All the world is promoting lawlessness and and just speaking the lie. But we, we speak the truth. God has chosen you from the beginning unto salvation in sanctification of the truth and belief of the truth. He has called you through the gospel, to obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what an encouragement. What what a strengthening in in these troubling times that we would hold to the truth. And then even goes on in 2.15, it says, So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the things which you are handed down to you, which you were taught, whether by word or by letter. And so we have the truth. We have the Bible. We have the living word of God. And even as we're looking forward to the Lord's coming, we can really enter in and experience the Lord in his word today. And even as we're gathered here for this podcast, you know, the Lord said where two or three are gathered, he is here with us. And so even today, you know, as all these different things are going on in our environment and around us, all this lawlessness, we can stand firm and we can hold fast to what the Lord is to us and what he has given us in his word. It's a really good point about the the Lord's coming is really, it's just his presence. And we're just really, when the Lord comes, you know, just like Michael was saying that, that could uh, make you a little bit afraid when you think about it. But if you realize the Lord's coming is just his presence, well, we get to experience the Lord's coming today. Of course, it's not this, you know, these verses do, the Lord Jesus will come back in a, First in a hidden way, but then eventually in, in an open way, and everyone will see him, and it will be, be very apparent that right. he came back. Right. But uh, until that day comes, 
we just enjoy the Lord's coming now. Right. Mm-hmm. Receiving the love of the truth is really just receiving the love of the Lord. Yeah. So the more we, the more we get confronted with the lie, we don't have to try and stand against that, especially in the particular social issues or whatever. We just, just like Michael was saying with the, uh, those verses about being called by the Lord, being chosen, being uh, saved by Him. We just focus on, on those, those aspects, focus on what the Lord has done and is doing for us today, because the more we enjoy Him today, the, uh, the quicker we get to see Him return uh, when He comes. That's right. Yeah, so I want to even share a little bit more on this matter of the Lord's coming, because often we just consider it as an event, something that will happen like we're waiting for the Super Bowl or something. <laughs> But according to the Greek word, actually, the, the, the word for coming is just presence. And so the Lord has promised us as his believers that he is with us. His presence is with us. So the greatest preparation for, like Jake said, that, that there will be a day where the Lord will fully manifest himself. His appearing will be visible. It will be seen by all. But today, we get to enjoy his invisible presence. We get to bathe in his wonderful, loving presence. He's here with us. He's embracing us. He's encouraging us. He's strengthening us. And we need to be with those who love this appearing one. As as believers, we need to gather together in, in the Lord's name because where where we where 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 two or three are gathered into the Lord's name, there is the Lord, and the Lord is now able in that gathering to get us one step closer to that that day where all will see Him, and they won't just see Him as 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 the individual Christ. Actually, they will also see Him in us. They will see Him in all of His believers, and so it's just so encouraging. To, to see the Lord's appearing as his, as his presence that we are, we are enjoying in a secret way. And that is a preparation for that day when all will see him. And there will be the declaration, whoa, whoa, Jesus Christ is here. But not just as an individual man, he's here in his body. He has many members. So yeah, I think this should be a real comfort to our hearts, not only that we can enjoy and be in his presence in a hidden way today, but also that what we're looking forward to in the Lord's glorious return. Yes. And, you know, as the one who loved us, he has given us eternal comfort and good hope and grace. And so I hope that this uh, time together has really comforted your hearts. And I think we'll stop here. And as always, we get together on Tuesday nights at 8.30 Um, And we'll be getting into 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And I'll put that information in the description below. I hope to see you there.